Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, first of all, let me say thank you so much for having us today. Uh, it is indeed a blessing to be here. Uh, this is one of those easy places to preach. There are some places you can go where it's kind of hard, but this is one of those easy places because we know that the presence of the Lord is here. We want to take a moment to thank um, Pastor Gabriel and, and uh, Lady Perry for inviting us to be here today uh, to come in and share a word with you. Just looking at this video up here, it looked like you guys had a great, a great time. Now I understand why uh, 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 Pastor works out so much because he, he wants to beat everybody, right? That's the ultimate goal. But we're grateful again to be here today. Thank you guys for being so welcoming uh, to us uh, from Hope Everlasting Ministry just up the road. Uh, we're excited also that Pastor Gabriel is going to be with us next month uh, to come in and share a word on in August. So we're excited about that. I want to honor my wife today, uh, who's here with us, Lady J, Latanya Jordan. God bless you, sweetheart. Thank you for being here with me, supporting me as you always do. Um, and we have two daughters, Alexis and Abigail. Alexis is uh, getting over a tonsillectomy. She's in her first week of recovery. And Abby, our baby girl, who's a drum major at the high school, she is uh, her nurse today. Pray for, pray for them both. Amen. Well, uh, we're, we're, again, we're blessed to be here today. In the pandemic, the Lord blessed us tremendously. We were able to, uh, to launch a 365-day devotional called Focus. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it, but uh, we, we launched Focus 365. Uh, over about seven years, I had written devotionals pretty much every day. I share them on social media. And uh, the Lord uh, allowed one of our young adults to come and say, you know, Pastor, you really should put that in a book. And we had been talking about it for a while. And uh, just one day in, in May of last year, during the pandemic, uh, the Lord had me to put together a team of people with a blank canvas. And uh, ultimately, we were able to launch Focus 365 Devotional uh, in December of uh, 2020. And uh, so what I did today... Uh, I brought three copies. Uh, you can, at any point, you can go and order it. Uh, it's at myfocus365.com, or you can do what they, people love to do, call Cash App, dollar sign, focus, uh, 365info, but these three are free. So I want to give them away before I get started. Who wants one? Okay, one, two, three. There you go, man. Great job on the drums. Got you. Yep, come on. And you. Awesome. Bless you. I brought my Sharpie, so if you want my signature, I'll, I'll sign it out. Yeah, I do that a little bit now. So, well, we're, again, we're grateful to be here. Let's go ahead and say a word of prayer. Father God, we come now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we do thank you for this opportunity to share your word with these, your people. God, I pray in Jesus' name that as someone hears this word today, God, their faith will grow. Because, God, we believe what your word says, according to Romans 10 and 17. Your word says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we ask you now, God, to open our ears to hear, open our hearts to receive, so that we can re respond in faith to your word. It is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray and we give you thanks. Amen. We're in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. We're reading from the New American uh, Standard Version of the Bible, the 1995 uh, version of this translation. 
Uh, and here's how it reads. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Today's subject that I want to share with you today is entitled, It's Time to Shine. I believe as the body of Christ that we're living in the greatest times we've ever lived in before. Many times people will challenge the times that we live in and call them, they'll, they'll try to label the times that we live in. They'll try to say that church will never be the same. Our lives will never be the same again. But here's what I'll tell people when it comes down to saying that the church will never be the same again. We can never say that because we don't own the church. The church does not belong to us. The church is God's bride and we cannot speak to what we do not own. But one thing that we do own that has been given to us by God is the light that comes from him. Jesus is coming, is, is in this sermon on the mount. He has walked through the Beatitudes with, uh, with his disciples and the listeners. But now he gets to the place where he's ready to share his word with the disciples so that they can have a clear understanding with their relationship to the world. The greatest struggle that we have as believers in this greatest time that we're living in is our relationship with the world. So many times we want to be so cordial and so relational to the world till we lose our relationship with God. And Jesus is talking to them, giving them a clear understanding as to who they are. You know, when we have to understand that who we are, we must understand that we won't always relate to the world and the world won't always relate to us. It's amazing to me to see that the church is the is the pl one place that we try to do everything that to, to draw the world. But the world has no interest in being drawn to us. We'll adjust what we do. We'll adjust our church times. We'll adjust how long we stay in church. We'll adjust how many songs that we sing. We'll, we'll adjust everything to people that have no interest in adjusting to us. Here's what I believe in this day and time. I believe that it is time for the body of Christ, the church of the living God to shine. I'm not talking about the black church. I'm not talking about the white church. I'm not talking about the Hispanic church. I'm talking about the body of Christ, God's body of believers, people that look like him, people that smell like him, people that talk like him and they don't compromise who they are in him. When we look at these verses of scripture and how Jesus begins to, to, to talk to his disciples with regard to their relationship to the world. One of the key observations that we gain from this text is we have to understand who we are. Jesus tells them who they are in verse number 14 he says to them, you are the light of the world. 
In other words, there is no denying who you are because you are who I made you. You are the light of the world because he is telling you who you are and who you are created to be. You cannot know who you are without knowing whose you are. You cannot know who you are without effectively knowing who he is. You cannot know who you are without knowing who's talking to you. So you got to learn to to develop a relationship with God so that you will know the voice of God. If we don't know the voice of God, every voice that we hear, we will tend to follow. Scripture teaches us that Jesus said that my sheep know my voice and a stranger they won't follow. See, so many times we haven't developed relationship with God and we begin to try to identify with everybody else rather than singularly identifying with him. You have to know who you are and you have to know whose you are because of whose you are. We are we, we, we are there. It, 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 there's expected more of us when it comes down to who we are. When we know whose we are, there's a greater expectation in the life of the believer than we sometimes put out. There's a greater expectation in us. And and the only way that we're able to live out the expectation uh, that God expects from us, it takes courage. You've got to have the courage to be able to stand. Scripture teaches us in the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, it says, after you have done all you can to stand, you've got to learn to stand therefore. And and, and the word therefore, that means that you've got to be willing to stand because of the cause of Jesus Christ. You've got to know who you are. You've got to know whose you are. And you've got to know what you are assigned to do. The assignment for the believer is not to fit into the world or to be a part of the darkness of the world, but the assignment of the believer is to give light to all who are in the house. So you got to understand that not everybody in the house will know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. But if they're going to know Jesus at the level that they're supposed to know him, they're going to know him because of what we are assigned to do. Many times we miss what we are assigned to do because we we will know Jesus based on the convenience and who we are around rather than by being convinced in who Jesus is. Hallelujah. We will conceal who Jesus is based on the company that we are around. And when you conceal Jesus based on the company that you are around, that says that you're not convinced of what he has done in you. It is important that we understand that we are to give light. That is that is our assignment and not to conceal who he is. We have an assignment. Watch this to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. It is the same assignment that his disciples had in Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20. If you're ever wondering what you are called to do, your first call is to salvation. But if you're ever wondering what you're called to do and what your purpose is, your purpose is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's what scripture says in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. It says, go therefore 
and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Many times, Pastor Gabriel, at the first of the year and throughout the year, we talk to believers all the time, and many of them are questioning, what is my purpose? Has that ever been anybody's question? Well, you wake up every day and you say, Lord, what is my purpose? Can I tell you what the first purpose of every believer is? The first purpose of every believer is to let your light shine by telling somebody else the good news that Jesus is indeed the son of the living God. If we understand our purpose, we won't miss what we're called to do. We're all called to profess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And the reason many of us won't do it is because we're fearful that we're doing it all by ourselves. You've got to understand that when God gives you an assignment, he is in the assignment with you and he's going with you in the assignment. Scripture is true. He said, and lo, I will be with you even until the end of the age. A lot of times we're looking for the crowd to be with us and we missed it because we are missing the crown. Lord have mercy. You've got to understand that we don't preach for the crowd, but we preach for the crown. Many of us will only, only name the name of Jesus based on who's around us. It's easy to do it in here, but it's time for us to shine out there. See, we've got to shine out there so that somebody can see who Jesus is. We've got to be the light in dark situations. Lord have mercy. And many of us can't be light in dark situations because number one, we don't know who we are. And number two, we don't know whose we are. And number three, we really don't know the assignment that we have. Many of us are looking for the super, looking for the spectacular, but we keep missing the supernatural. Lord have mercy. Can I say that again to you today? Many of us are looking for the spectacular, but we're missing the supernatural. Oh my God. I felt so good about it. I want to say it one more time. Many of us, we're looking for the spectacular, but we're missing the supernatural. The supernatural is, I'm a child of the Most High God. The supernatural is, he brought me out of darkness and into his marvelous life. The supernatural is, when I was once a nobody, watch this, he made me somebody. The supernatural is, he went to the cross at Calvary, died on a cross that didn't belong to him, was saved a man that was to the left of him, went into a borrowed tomb that was not his, got up on the third day with all power in his hand, walked the earth for 40 days, ministered to the men at Emmaus, and the men at Emmaus gained a ministry and went and told his disciples, I've already seen him. You're missing the supernatural because you're looking for the spectacular. The supernatural says that I have a responsibility to be light in a, in a dark house. I have the responsibility to be life in a dying world. If we have not noticed it yet, I'm talking to the church of the living God. If we have not noticed it yet, we're in a dark and dying world. We're in a time that everybody wants to compromise and not everybody wants to live a life of conviction. Hallelujah. He has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He has called us 
to give light to everyone in the house. Our teaching as believers must not only be what we do, uh, must, not, must not only be what we say, but it must be what we do. Our actions must match the words that come out of our mouths. People want to see what you do more than they want to hear what you have to say. Notice what people want to see. Verse number 16. People want to see your light shining. Watch this. In such a way. Not just any kind of way. They want to see your light shine in such a way. Y'all know football season is coming up and many of you have an allegiance. There you go. Thank you. Got some friends in the house. Because I can roll a bowling ball down the middle and everybody's going to go to one side or the other. Somebody's going to be hollering War Eagle. Somebody's going to be saying Roll Tide. But I happen to say Roll Tide and I like the coach that we have. A friend of mine posted something this morning. As a matter of fact, it was my cousin that almost offended me before I came to church. So I had to pray before I came to church because she said she posted something that almost offended me. She said, Saban, if you put a T where the B is, it'll be Satan. I'm like, what does that got to do with winning championships? Absolutely nothing. But here's what Coach Saban says. And it blesses me every time I, I hear it. He says, I can't hear what you're saying because I'm too busy seeing what you're doing. What you're doing is speaking louder than what you're saying. See, people want to see your light rather than hear your voice. See, they've heard our voice for a long time, but they can't hear our voice when our light don't shine. Hallelujah. See, in order for your light to shine, I said it earlier, it takes courage for your light to shine. Oh, it takes courage. It takes the same courage that happened in Joshua chapter 1. Verses 6 and 7, when the Lord spoke to Joshua after Moses died, he he knew it was going to take courage because he knew his people for himself. He knew the kind of people that Joshua was getting ready to deal with. So he said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, he says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now notice what he says to him again in verse number 7. He said, but only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from to, to the right, to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. So you got to understand that God has a success plan for the church. And the success plan for the church is to win souls to him. But you've got to be convinced of what the word of God says, but you can't be convinced in what you do not know. But you've got to have courage and your courage has to be in him and you can't turn away from him from the right hand or to the left. Can I tell the problem that we're facing in the church of the living God today? We're too distracted. We're we're too distracted. There's too many things that's got our attention there. The, 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 the media has our attention to the point where they've caused us to turn from one side to the other. We're either on the right or we're on the left. But what we've forgotten is it's not about red or blue, but it's about crimson. It's about the blood that was shed for Jesus that reconciles us to him. Not the color of my skin, but it's the content of my character that says it is his blood is what changes me. It is his blood that gives me courage. 
courage to have conviction in a dying world to be a light that in a dark place. Mm. He says, we, we've got to have courage today. We've got to not only do we have to have courage, but we must also be conspicuous. That's one of the words I may not ever use again, but I wanted to use it today because I, I, I think I wanted to impress you a little bit. But here's what the word conspicuous means. It means it's obvious to the eye or to the mind. <laughs> conspicuous changes or a noticeable change that attracts attention. See, you got to understand that people, people have to see the change in you and not just hear the change in you. It has to be conspicuous in the life of the believer. It's the same thing that happened at chapter 4, verse number 13, when they, when they saw, uh, saw Peter and John. And they said, and now as they observed the, watch this, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, understood they, that they were uneducated and untrained men. But there was one thing about them that was undeniable. He says, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Can anybody see your life? Can anybody see your light and know that you have been with Jesus? Mm. I'm not talking about men that you spend time with. I'm talking about the man that you spend time with. I'm talking about your relationship with Jesus. Is there enough confidence and enough courage and enough being conspicuous to be able to stand out in a crowd? Can I tell you something about the church of the living God? God never created us to fit in, but he created us to stand out. Hallelujah. Bible says any man be in Christ, he's a, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Now behold, check this out, is what that word means. All things are now made new. In other words, I'm not who I used to be. I may be drawing attention to myself so that the light can pull you in so that I can tell you about the light that I have. Lord have mercy. Y'all know what happens on the, see, see we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't grow up like we grew up. I, I grew up in Inslee in Pratt City. And, and when you grow up in Inslee, Press City, we used to sleep with the porch light on. And when the porch light was on, that meant that that gnats would come to the light. And, and what they call candle flies. Y'all, y'all didn't, y'all didn't. Yeah. And, and all these things would be drawn to the light. And in the morning, you would, in, in a few days, you'd have to take the bottom off the light. And dump it out. Put it back on so the light can shine brighter. And if you left all that stuff on the light, the light wouldn't shine as bright as it's supposed to shine. But you had to dump all the stuff out so that the light can shine. Can anybody be drawn to your light enough? Can your light stay on long enough so that somebody can be drawn to you so that you can tell them who Jesus is? Oh, here's what happens though, Pastor Gable. We only want to tell certain people because it's convenient. We only want to tell certain people because we're fearful of certain people that we talk to. I'll say it to you, just as I said to my own church, we got to get to the point where we talk to people that don't look like us, don't smell like us, and don't believe like us. 
We've got to get to the place where when people are drawn to us and they ask that all important question, what is it about you that's so different? And you got to stop and say, I'm glad you asked. Here's what I want to tell you. Let me tell you how he came into me and changed me. See, they're drawn to the light, but we can't be afraid to share what God has done for us. Here's one of the greatest problems that we have in the church today. We don't want to be called. Listen, I'm telling y'all, it's time for your light to shine now. We don't want to be called too holy. No, 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 no. We don't want to be called holy. We, we, we just, we, we just want to be, we just want to be accepting. We, if, if you call us too holy, then, then, then that's going to, that, that's a, that's a sign that says that something's wrong with us. No, that's something that's right with us. Scripture says in first Peter one 15, but the, like the Holy one who called you be holy yourselves also, uh, because God is holy. Watch what he says. It is for us to be holy in all your behavior. Every aspect of your life is about holiness. Holiness is not a denomination. Holiness is a lifestyle. If somebody tell you that they go to the holiness church, then every church needs to be holy. Because holiness should be a lifestyle of the believer. So we've got to understand that we've got to know who we are. We, we are the light of the world. We got to know, we, we can't know who we are without knowing whose we are. And we've got to understand the responsibility that we have. The, re, the responsibility that we have is to be a light in dark places. So we've talked about what we are assigned to do. We talked about who we are. We talked about what we are assigned to do. And now we need to understand that why we are assigned to do it and the result of our assignment. There will be a result to this assignment that we have. It says, let your light so shine before men. So we, we, we talked about the who, the, the, the what. We're talking about the what, why. But can I just go ahead and throw in before I get to the why, we got to talk a little bit about the where. Where does our light shine? Our light shines where? Before men. It didn't say, watch this. The scripture didn't say that our light is to shine before saved men. Oh, Lord have mercy. It just says our light is to shine before men. Men that don't look like me, my light is to shine. Men that don't think like me, my light is to shine. People that don't feel the way I feel, my light is to shine. My light is to shine because it's not about my feelings, but it's about my faith. Watch this. There's a result to the assignment that you have. Here's the result. It is to glorify your father who is in heaven. The definition of the word glorify means to make glorious, bestowing honor, praise, or admiration. To elevate to celestial glory. To light up brilliantly. See, God wants us to light up the world. It is to represent a glorious God. It means to extol or to praise him highly. Bible says in Psalm 34 verses 1 through 3, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Not just out of convenience, but his praise is to continually be in my mouth. Watch this. 
My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. So there's somebody that'll hear your praise and, and they will now have joy again. The, 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 the humble will hear about it. Watch what it says. Your praise, your, your extolling or your lifting him up or you glorifying him. Watch what it'll does. It will, watch what it'll do. It will give an invitation to those who want to praise him. Watch what he says. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt or extol his name together. Our praise of God, whether by words or by works, should be an invitation to others to take part in the praise of God. It is to cause or to be seen to be or seem to be better than it actually is. Can I tell you something? There is somebody depending on your praise so that their condition or their situation can get better. There's a result that comes out of your praise. It is to glorify our Father which is in heaven. It is to give glory, our works unto the Lord, and our worship is to give him glory. And here's the last thing, and I'm done. The ultimate goal in the life of every believer is for our light to shine, but not only do we have to have courage, not only have to, do we have to be conspicuous, we got to have a heart to see conversion. We've got to have a heart to want to see people converted to Christ. He is not our own little puppet for us to keep to ourselves. It is for us to let our light shine in such a way, in a conspicuous way that that they may see him they may see our good works and and when they're drawn to the works that we do here's the responsibility it is to convert somebody else it is to turn and give glory to God and when we give glory to him somebody else will have a desire to want to know him God bless you all Y'all have a great day.